welcome to Telecast. I, I went with a new voice there. You did. You didn't do the slow opening. <laughs> Season three, episode seven. Adam, do you like Prince? I do. I okay. do like Prince. Do you like our, you probably, we can't hear our opening, but it's Prince this season, which I'm super excited. We haven't really talked about that. Um, by the way, um, Adam Clements from EMI Research Solutions is here joining us. I'll do our quick intro. We'll get right into it. Sound good? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Brian. Um, you can reach us at Intellicast at emi-rs.com. On Twitter, EMI underscore research, or Intellicast1 on Twitter. By the way, do you know how why our Twitter, Adam, is Intellicast1? I'm interested to see who took Intellicast without the one. Oh, interesting you say that. It's the Weather Channel. For an old <laughs> forecasting thing they had called Intellicast that they haven't yeah. tweeted on since 2000. They won't respond to me. Well, I contact them and ask for the original. They won't send it. Um, thanks for joining, everybody. You can also leave us a voicemail or text at 513-401-5463. Again, that's 513-401-5463. And um, I'm going to introduce Adam um, more properly this time. Um, joining us today is Adam Clements, who's re- is new to market research and he's new to EMI. So, and he's been a, a nice addition to the team. Um, Adam, how you doing? Doing fantastic. It's been a it's been a whirlwind five months. Five so I think months. I, I woke up this morning realizing that it has been five months. Um, Mike actually, <laughs> Mike actually said to me this morning, "It's been a great three months." <laughs> it was crazy how topical it was at the moment. But well, that's funny. I would have guessed three as well. Right, right. It just kind of flies by, right? Yeah. It's exciting, especially, you know, it's my first real big boy job out of college. Yeah. I graduated from NKU in May of 2019. Okay. So it's been a, uh, it's been a great ride so far. Okay. And what do, what do you do here? I don't, I really don't know. So I'm currently an account manager. So I go about managing the business that comes in. And, cool. Uh, you know, setting up bids for everyone. Cool. Awesome. Well, happy to have you on. We, um, Adam's the co-host today. Let's just call him the co-host. The guest right? co-host. Today, yeah, yes. he's a co-host. And um, today's episode will be primarily going through the news, which we haven't really talked about in a while because it's been really guest-driven. And so we'll talk some current events. Um, we'll get to the four Ps with Adam. Uh, we have a couple fun Ps. Um, and at the very end of the episode, we have Ted Pulsifer from Market Cube. A quick little five-minute interview we did with him down at SampleCon. He did a really cool thing for his employees. And um, it's a cool story if you want to listen to that. And Carlos Dreyfus, who I'd never met before, he was also at SampleCon. He works at Vetri Foundation, which is a nonprofit, and they can profile people. And he's just kind of introducing that foundation into marketing research. Um, also, I need to do another apology. I haven't done an apology in a while. We, yeah, I know. I thought we were on a pretty good streak. Yeah, so um, I, took, I took the podcast recorder down to SampleCon. This is the third consecutive Conference, conference that I took the podcast down. Yep. First two, didn't even take it out of the bag. Nope. Nothing. Third one. Though, I would ask, you say nope. This past one, I took it out of the bag a lot. I got some decent interviews. You may have heard the Publix stuff that we did in store. That were, that was okay. Hopefully everyone enjoyed that episode with Shannon. Yep. And then um, interviewed a few people, the Ted Pulsifer, which you'll hear, Carlos Dreyfus, which you'll hear, but there are two people I interviewed that didn't record us on me, so I'll have them back on the pod, because they both had really cool things to say. One is David Butler from Pure Spectrum. Um, he really wanted to promote Mark Minnick and Pure Score. They've done just a lot of work on that and building that. It sounds like a really cool product, so we'll have David on soon. He's a friend of the pod, so sorry, David. Um, and then Rick Kelly from Fuel Cycle. Um, I really need to get him on, because he had a really cool story 
um, about a charity that he works with with this with this child. And so Rick Kelly's a really good guy, and we'll have him on soon to tell the story better. Yeah, I can't believe you didn't get those with the minutes of training I gave you on that thing. Yeah, it's, it's even not even that complicated. I think it was just a blinking light I didn't get. Anyway, let's move on. Are you ready? Um, let's start with, let's see. Oh, we have some feedback. That's yeah. right. Guest feedback. Yes. So we talk about our call-in line or text line. We actually got one. Um, and this is a, I don't know who had our line prior to us, but the message is, I'm ready for to have fun with you today. Look at me with a link I have not clicked because I don't want malware on my phone. Well, that, that could be survey related. Maybe, could be. Maybe that's a legitimate feedback for the podcast. I don't know. I'm not 100% certain. Not when the link starts with ladiesloveflirt.com. Okay. Yeah. I still think it's 50-50. <laughs> could be some feedback from a survey, but more likely spam. So keep the comments coming in, 513-401-5463. We did have a comment on one of our LinkedIn posts about not really a comment or feedback, but something we're taking as and pulling into a new segment we'll talk about uh, later. Oh, we can do it right now. All right. So we know that um, a listener listens to our podcast at 1.5 speed. You know who you are. So I will talk real slow for the 1.5 speed people to mess with them. Um, I've tried it. You, you listen to podcasts, right? I do. Yeah. yeah. Not at 1.5 speed. You don't speed. do 1.5? I don't. No, not unless it's like. I want to say that there's ever really a boring podcast, right? Yeah. Because like there's a there's a myriad of great topics out there. But I will say anything super educational, I, yeah. I might opt for a 1.25, 1.5. Uh, I don't have a 1.25. There's a 1.25 option, at least on YouTube. There is. Uh, I yeah. See, so for me, it's like a and I would I don't normally speed up like Joe Rogan, but um, like an H3 H3, you would speed them up a bit because they kind of meander. Okay. Um, well, I tried to listen to podcasts at 1.5. I can't do it. But obviously, Mike, Mike is the one that yeah. sent this in. But he he can do it. This is a game changer. I believe him. I wish I could do it. I don't have the brain capacity. I believe him, too. But for me, it just it makes everyone sound like chipmunks. And I get enough of that mm-hmm. at Christmas time being the dad of two small children. Yes. So, And I since you both know I have like a 45-minute drive each way yeah. to get down to the office here. You don't need to be at 1.5. I don't need to be at 1.5. <laughs> I need to make that last the entire drive. You need to be at 0.75. I would do it like at one 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 two maybe. I wish you could really adjust it. But regardless, the topic came up. What would you like to do in life at 1.5 speed? I think it's a fun topic. And so I took a few notes. Adam and I haven't shared our notes. I think he took a couple of notes. And so maybe we'll, you want to go back and forth or you just want to read our list? No, we can. Uh, yeah, we can go back and forth. I okay. think it'll be a good break. All right. So the you f- want to go first? Yeah, okay. absolutely. So a couple weeks ago, I I reopened my my concert series for myself. It's been it's been many many months at this point, but um, the opening act I would love to have been at one point five speed. Um, it was great for about the first fifteen minutes. You're impressed. You're yeah. excited, uh, and then after that, you just kind of peter out. Right. Uh-huh. And then, of course, the break in between. So yeah. they run right into each other. You, you kind of lose all the steam going into it. It's not a great feeling. Um, and what breaks my heart about that is I know that someday I'm going to be an opening act for someone. Oh. I'm going to have that exact same thought. Okay. So I'm going to be the guy that they want to speed up. Interesting. But you'll be the opening act. Okay. My, so what, what was your first one? Just the music? 
the mu- it sounded like the opening act. The opening the act. Yeah. Ah, that's a good one. Okay, opening act. Um, my first one is make a sandwich. <laughs> Making a sandwich takes way too long. I really want to cut that. I would need to cut 20, 30 seconds off the time. Because when I make a sandwich, I need to eat the sandwich. Like, especially grilled cheese. I don't have enough patience to make a grilled cheese. So I need to, I need to cook it faster. So my first one is make a sandwich. I have a comment on your grilled okay. cheese sandwich. Yeah. Uh, my wife would hate that I tell this story, but she can't cook and she knows it. Yeah. Um, her grilled cheese cooking method is to put two slices of bread in the toaster. Oh, that's not good. Toast it. Oh, no. The cheese isn't on there. Take it yeah. out. Put the cheese on. Put it in the microwave for 20 seconds. Oh. I call it a ghetto grilled cheese. Oh, and I will really not bad. allow her to feed that to our children. Oh, that's bad. That's a Canadian grilled cheese. Or something like that. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Your wife is a Canadian. Okay. No, she's not. Okay. Um, so I, you got another one? Well, I just want to ask a quick question. Like, yeah. What happens to the edges of the cheese? Like, and the internal so shouldn't be toasted. Yeah. No, that's... that's There's okay. a lot of things wrong with it. I've never Where's eaten it. Where's the butter it. going? Right. There well, is no butter. Oh, man. There's, do you guys ever do, instead of butter for me, it uh-huh. kind of adds an extra layer of creaminess to it. Uh-huh. To fry it, I will use mayo on the yeah, outside. Yeah, part of that. Yes. Yeah, it's it a high-fat content. Really... It's made of oil. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, right? absolutely. It's very similar, but at the yeah. same time, it really soaks in, and I, I can appreciate the uh, the added... I use barbecue sauce. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> no. Interesting. All right. So make a sandwich is my first one. Mm-hmm. You have another one? Oh, I did. Oh, I just had it. I'll, I'll okay. give some more. I got yeah, one. Go, for oh, go ahead. <laughs> Watching the kids shows my kids watch. Um, I would love to get through those a lot quicker. They're they probably wouldn't repetitive. notice. They probably wouldn't because with my son, he watches five minutes and then he wanders off. But if you change the channel, he comes running back. I'm watching that. Can you watch Netflix at 1.5 speed? You can fast forward, particularly if you're on your phone. You can do the fast Why forward. Why couldn't you watch seconds. Netflix at 1.5 speed? How does that not exist? They, they don't want you to watch it that fast. Maybe they did get more content. I don't know. Huh? Let's. Hey, if you're a listener, you work at Netflix. Let us know if you, you can make that happen. I'll give another one. Sit at red lights. Oh gosh, gotcha. I'm about to yeah. patience against sit at red lights. How, I'll do another one. Small talk at social gatherings. <laughs> can I do that at two times speed? Yeah, 1.5 at a minimum. I'm just not good at that. Right. Well, the first 15 minutes is agonizing. And I'm sure that that's a really, really common experience. But like for yeah. me, I I have to like dive in. Like I, yeah. it's, it's almost like the Incredible Hulk, right? Like I, yeah. I black out for a second. I get my, my opening comments out of the way. And then yeah. I turn back into Bruce Banner, which yeah. – isn't it an optimal way to do things, but <laughs> interesting. One thing that's really helped, and this is legitimate, is the podcast. Especially when I'm at a conference, people will come up to me and they come up and it's, I, you skip kind of the small, typical small talk. Oh, what do you do? Where are you from? And they go right into something I've said on the podcast because they they kind of know me, right? They feel like they know you, yeah. Yeah, and so we'll just jump into something I've said on the podcast, which makes it so much easier. If someone approaches me and talks about a rant I did or something ridiculous I said. Mm-hmm. Um, that helps. So small talk at gatherings is my next one. I can give I can give three more. I, you're on a roll. I almost don't want to stop you. I did get my other one. Okay, go. But this one, uh, this one is more for my girlfriend than anything. So I get home. I have you have 45 minute commute. I have an hour commute. Yeah. So I get home. I take a lot of back roads. Right. Well, so do I. <laughs> They're just really long back roads. So when I get home, it's Perhaps this is not. I, I I have to. I rush to the back, the back room in my house, which yeah. just so happens to be 
the restroom. And yeah. I just relax. Yeah. You do some alone time, you right? You play, you do, you do a little yep. bit of alone time and you just hang out, right? You recoup, decompress. I do that for about 30 to 45 minutes. Wait till you have children. It's going to be <laughs> only peace and quiet. Well, it's absurd to me because yeah. I get home and I'm like, Are where you, did my... You're mentally drained, right? I'm mental, right, sure. And the drive, the drive doesn't, is not sufficient for you for that, like, solace or whatever? No, 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 no. because the first 30 minutes are agonizing. I mean, oh, I, I yeah. hit highway immediately, right? Yeah. I use back roads for the second. Oh, so it's increased stress, different types right, of stress. Right, yeah. yeah, I double up on stress. And I've always said that. Like, I, I enjoy being at work very yeah. thoroughly. But I dread coming to and leaving because it is an hour of my life that I'm never going to get back and I don't enjoy. Okay. Yeah. So that's a good one. Suppose the commute. Yeah. You wish you could right. do that at one point. Yeah. I, right. I get it. Right. And then I lose so much time in the bathroom. Because now it's like seven o'clock, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah, I got yeah. it. Um, my next one is experience a cramp. <laughs> I would like to, when I experience a cramp, do that at 1.5 speed. Won't that <laughs> intensify it though? I don't know. I'd like to think it was shorten it from four seconds to three-ish seconds. I feel like it might shorten it, but it might make it hurt more. We haven't tested this yet. Okay. Right. Well, and so the 1.5 thing is is an interesting can of worms to open, right? Yeah. Because does it intensify feelings, you know? I don't what are the rules of this universe? I don't, I don't really don't think it does. I don't know. Uh, the other ones were um, attend baseball games and generally all sporting events. I like to do at 1.5 speed. Yeah. Especially yeah. baseball games. Baseball's so tough. Yeah, it's tough. I never stay to the end. And I think I can stay through the end. Mm-hmm. It'd be like watching a six-inning baseball game. Um, watching election results is another one. <laughs> I am very impatient with election results. Like, I want to know what's happening. So, And we'll talk about some more election stuff here. In a yeah, second. I feel like that's a great segue for that. Um, yeah. yeah. Let's talk election yeah. results. Um do you have anything else on 1.5 speed? Are we done with that topic? Well, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to break the segue, but I'm just going to jump on that and say something more juvenile. Okay. Oh, the snow day listings. Like I have. Oh, oh, that's a, great. I have a nine-year-old <laughs> brother and a six-year-old sister, so they were like. And my nine-year-old brother is so mouthy. He's such a goofball. Yeah. Like, I wake him up and I'm like, "Hey, dude, you got a two-hour delay." He's like, "No freaking way! You're a noob, dude." Like, so <laughs> leaves me to my own devices and I have to wait, I kid you not, probably yeah. 10 to 15 minutes before I can prove to this kid that he's on a two Yeah. That reminds me, I could do a rant on snow day listings because it's so ridiculous that they go by every county in like a hundred mile radius mm-hmm. and like that slow of a speed when there's technology that you know, I would think like most people already know, right? Do your schools not have some sort of notification system where you're getting a call at like five in the morning saying two hour delay or we're closed? I wasn't up for it, certainly. (laughs) So maybe, maybe. Okay. I mean, my daughter's school has an app. We get an alert through that. I just get an email saying, hey, you have a new post and it says we're delayed or closed. Like we have a technology beyond what we did in 1983 with school closings. Yeah. Okay. Um, Let's move on. Hey, maybe next week we'll do what would you like to do at 0.5 speed? I think that's a good one. <laughs> okay. Anyway, thanks, we Mike, for the time. parameters for that, though. Yeah. Yes. Um, so um, that was a good topic. Thank you, Mike, for that. And now we're going to get into some current events. Uh, we just kind of mentioned it. That is the primaries have been going on. Um, Iowa caucus was last week, and then we just had New Hampshire. Um, I, don't, I don't really know if you're that political. You probably are. Um, do you have any opinions on what happened in Iowa or New Hampshire, politics in general? So for me, it's mostly Iowa. 
at this point. I yeah. just want to get this out of the way so yeah. that you know, listeners are not having trouble. Um, I don't know how to say Mayor Pete's last name. Um, I don't know. Who? Oh, goodness. <laughs> say it. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm Pete Butejish. I see, and that's Butejish. That, you think that's right? Right, and the zhuzh to me is such a foreign. <laughs> it's such a foreign sound. There's no way that that's it. Is it? Is it just Butejig? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> so try try another one. Well, how about it, let's let's just make him guess till he gets it right. <laughs> we could be here all afternoon. <laughs> so I'm not right. We we've narrowed. No, you're not right. I'm yeah. way off. Okay. Okay, so where am I? Let's start with the BU. So I was told, by the way, it was boot and judge. It's so it's yeah. boot. It's not a BU. Yeah. Boot and judge. No, it's not a BU. It's only faster. I can't really say it either. Booty. Boot and judge. I almost say it sounds like I'm saying booty. Booty judge. You know, like that's yeah. that whack. <laughs> not on board with that pronunciation. Okay, so Iowa. Okay, Iowa. <laughs> what a wreck. So how how is it that we keep letting these things happen? This is this is the second time that I've seen well not even just the second time. I feel like as soon as we take a, a long-loved tradition and you add the addition of an application a barely tested one at that. Yeah. <laughs> it is it is guaranteed to fail. Yeah. And then on top of that, the the fail-safe that they had of the phone lines, this is my favorite part was getting gummed up by by trolls apparently. Oh, was it? Yes, yeah, so people were they released the phone lines oh, and everybody in was a public forum pranking right? them. and everybody was flooding the phone lines with yeah. calls. That is absurd to me. How yeah. do you let that happen in oh, it's, as a as a rookie, I guess, in the in the political sphere. So obviously if if I'm incorrect in this, you know, correct me. But yeah. Iowa is is one of the more important caucuses, and I read that um, they have never, or not never, but not in recent history, have the Democratic or has the Democratic Party ever brought someone to the table that finished less than fourth or fifth okay. at the Iowa caucuses. Yeah, which kind of leads me to my next point. Um, I'm interested to see, and I don't really have too much deliberation on this but i'm interested to see where bloomberg goes because yeah. he came in i think around seventh i don't know that he it was right in only right yeah kind so of, which is it was a weird caucus but yeah it yeah. wasn't really a, on the quote ballot <laughs> yeah <laughs> didn't so, qualify didn't well i agree with you that well first of all i i was always first people have been campaigning in iowa for a year, right? Right. They'll, they'll go to Iowa, um, and it, it's kind of a cool thing when you, if you're into it, that it's their claim to fame. Like we yeah. get to, we get to decide first. Well, yeah, they go to a coffee do you shop. Get, do you they get hang to out, keep that now, and it's it's pretty cool that they will go to a coffee shop. They'll go to a diner. They'll go to hang out with like anybody. Like I've heard interviews of people in Iowa that have met every single candidate. Right? It's, you just run into them state on the fair. Yeah, state fair, absolutely. And so they're the first to go. We are. There's already challenges with the previous election and then the first one out of the bat we've got like a, a controversy which is just crazy to me with the potential for more because just reading today like las vegas is using an app too and they tried to do a trial run and they couldn't even give a demo of it yeah so and that's coming up here saturday i think yeah so that, they can yeah saturday when yeah. you hear this it'll be think tomorrow yeah so yeah 
Right. And I mean, as a candidate, you know, you guys were talking about the time, the, the time invested in Iowa, right? As a candidate, yeah. I'd be furious. I all that just went out the window. I don't right? understand how Bernie Sanders is not just, I mean, because if I'm him, I would think I got a little, like, taken advantage of last time. Mm-hmm. And then he, he worked to change kind of the rules for this 2020 election. Mm-hmm. And the first one out of the bat here, like, I feel like he, he would have a legitimate complaint, and he doesn't doesn't complain. Well, no, no, he, 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 not too loud. Yeah, well, they filed to, and they're re-canvassing. Yeah, um, it was too late. They would have already been. I think it's done by the time this will come out. Yeah, it's, too, it's done. And everybody's moved on. Yeah, we moved on. I mean, past New Hampshire, now we're in yeah Nevada and South Carolina. It's Super Tuesday pretty soon. Yeah, um, and also in Iowa, the caucus. I'm faster than the caucus, by the way. I think it's cool that you just go stand in the corner of a room and people can convince <laughs> you to like come onto your side. It's amazing to me. The only other thing I want to add is I remember from last year's episode where we their minor league baseball team were called the Iowa Caucuses. Oh yeah, you, <laughs> right. We talked about that with Adam Dietrich. Yeah, Iowa Caucuses. Yeah, cool. All right, let's move on to some market research news. We haven't done the news in a while, so there's a lot of. Um, Decent size, no mergers and acquisitions, unfortunately. It's not yet, but um, do you want to read? Do you want to read them, Brian? Yeah. All right. So we've actually got quite. We've got a few here around that data quality space. Yeah. The first one is Maru launched a new global sample certification program to provide quality sample to clients in markets where there there is no existing Maru owned panels. Yeah. Brian, what are your thoughts? Um. I feel like I've talked a lot, a lot about this lately because I've talked a lot about SampleCon and at SampleCon there was a lot of um, new companies there with their data quality product and Maru launched theirs about the same time period. And so I feel like the complaints of the industry for the past couple of years, we're now starting to see new products emerge. And this is another example of that. Good for Maru Blue. It's, um, I mean, they're, they're a pretty big company, especially in Canada. Um, and so anything they can do to improve quality, it's another option out there. That's probably a huge investment for them. And so, that, I mean, I think it's great. And hopefully um, it lifts up the respondent quality is what, that, that's my view. And it's not very controversial. That's kind of what I think. All right. Our next one is Imperium releases a new tool called Fraudulence to combat data quality threats. Is it Fraudulence or Fraudience? You decide. Fraudulence. Fraudulence. I think flat, there. Flat, that was my flat. marketing person saying it should be named something else. <laughs> okay. So Imperium, yeah, again, they were at SampleCon last week, and they've had some changes in their leadership. And I'm glad because they, they are really the, um, the I don't know, the old dog in market research data quality, and they were the first to, to kind of um, use digital fingerprinting and relevant ID and all of the data quality suite that they have. And so um, they have Fraudience, I think is what it's called, Combat Data Quality Threats. Um, again, that's great. I like to see that, that Imperium is still going strong and participating in conferences. And I know that they have a ton of subscribers in the – most of our – probably our partners use Imperium, subscribe to Imperium. So they have a huge name um, in the industry. So do you know anything about Imperium, by the way, Adam? I don't. Yeah. It's, it's a new name to me. Yeah, so they do uh, something called Verity, and they do Relevant ID, and they do something called Real Answer. They have just a whole suite of things. Uh, most people know them for Relevant ID, which is like digital fingerprinting kind of stuff to um, try to ensure that you're a real person taking a survey, not a bot. 
So um, I haven't seen them in the news a lot lately. So them being in the news is, a, is, is kind of interesting to me. Yeah. We've got to kind of change gears here. We've got a yeah. few different kind of organizational announcements that okay. came through the industry. Uh, first off, Directions Research from here in Cincinnati hired Jason Ebbing as a new SVP of Executional Executional Excellence. Yeah. So we want to say congratulations to Jason. Yep, congratulations to Jason. And that was a, I, I love the job title, first of all, right? Mm-hmm. Executional, SVP Executional Excellence. That is a fantastic job title. Kudos to him for getting that. And I don't know him real well, but he's, in, he's been a long-time researcher in Cincinnati and seems like a really nice guy. I've met him. And uh, super smart. From what I've heard about him, a great researcher. You wouldn't be at Directions Research as the SVP of Executional Excellence unless you were. And so um, good to see that move. And it's probably, it seems like it might be a new role there. Um, so that seems pretty cool. Yeah. Another one we have is Innovate MR names uh, former Greenfield Online SVP. John Tan is their new COO. Yeah, I don't know John, but this Greenfield, I mean, Innovate is former Greenfield people. Innovate, the people still talk about former Greenfield people. Greenfield has not been around, I don't know, for at least a, probably close to a decade. And people still tout their former Greenfield. That was a, just a powerhouse. If you look all around the sampling industry, there are Greenfield people everywhere. Um, and so here's another one going to Innovate. Good for them. I mean, Innovate is friends of us, and they're, they're good people, very smart people, so good for them. We also want to do a shout out to a friend of the podcast, Roddy Knowles, on his board appointment to MRII. Congratulations, Roddy. Yep. Um, So, yeah, Roddy, a few other people, Jim in Brazil, who's another friend of the podcast, Um, MRI, which has a relationship with the University of Georgia. So good for them. That is just a rock star group of people. Jim in Brazil, Elizabeth Merrick May, Anthony Chackle, Roddy Knowles. That's cool. And our final story, this came out while you were at SampleCon, so you yeah. got to see this firsthand. Um, Scent unveiled their new branding after their P2 sample acquisition. Yep. New branding. They were, all, they were wearing it loud and proud. Everybody had like a uniform down there. I, I love the – first of all, I love the logo. I feel like it's clean and crisp. As a marketing person, I'm not sure how you feel about it. I think it's super clean. Um, their updated website is great. It's kind of cool they, they timed the announcement at – SampleCon. I, I did notice it. I yeah. did like the new feel of the website compared to the older one. And yeah. I agree. The logo is nice and clean now. Yeah. Love it. And the old one wasn't bad. It just had like a little orange in it. And this mm-hmm. is just really tough. looks like they might have changed the font too. Right. I mean, to me, this, this is very much, uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to say edgy scent, but it's scent night mode. And I kind of, Oh like, yeah. It's like Batman scent, right? <laughs> I'm all about it. I'm a big fan. Yeah. So, um, yeah. They were a little flashier before. And now it's a little more darker hue, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm into that. What'd you call it again? Batman Sense. Sunset Sense. Sunset Sense. You didn't know that. cool. Well, he says that. Have you not walked by his screens? Everything is oh, everything, dark. Yeah, everything's dark mode. So thank you, Sin. I appreciate it. As, <laughs> as a frequent user of your tool, thank you so much. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, is that all the news? No news? No that, breaking news? Nope, that is all the news. All right. um, we're actually going to switch gears here and learn a little bit more about Adam with our four Ps. Okay. So, um, for those of you that haven't heard before, we typically ask our guest, and today, since it's your first time on the pod, well, I'll have a, ask you a few questions, get to know you better. Yeah. And we take the four Ps typically from the marketing mix, but we switched it around to make it more fun. Um, I'm going to go off the cuff here for the first question. Ooh, okay, so okay. You picked a few Ps here, um, but I'm going to add a couple. 
Do you, number one, have a Prince story, and number two, have a public story? So for Prince, there is this song that I I don't know how I found it. Uh-oh. I was like 12 years old, and this was back in like, I don't remember what the name of this was. It was like playlist.com or something, um, where you could just compile these set lists of like bootlegged tracks, right? Yeah. Like they weren't, I don't think they were legal in any capacity, right? And with Prince, but, it's really hard to find this stuff. Right, right. right. Yeah. So this song was a live version of a song called Sometimes It Snows in April. And I've never been able to find that song since. Really? Ever. Like, I don't know why, but I've never. And if you know where I can find that well, song, what album I can find that I song. I can tell about, you a story, a similar story here at EMI. Oh, so, um, what's the name of the song, Producer Brian? I don't remember the name I mean, of it. Is this the Ray Charles Yeah, the Ray Charles yeah, okay, song. Okay. From, it's from Christmas Vacation, which I think is an, um, my favorite Christmas song by far. We couldn't find it on anything online. We couldn't find it on Spotify. We couldn't find it on the Apple Music. We couldn't find it on one of the other ones. We couldn't find it on anything. Mm-hmm. And so, Margie, who used to work with us, bought the CD found like at a yard sale <laughs> and then we converted to MP3 and maybe we can play it. Are you trying to play it now live? I, I was trying air? to find it. Okay. Yeah. It's under favorites, by the way, under Sonos. And uh, we played in the office all the time. We play, play it three times a day over Christmas. It was amazing. So, but it's really impossible to find. So I can empathize with you. Not, you still can't find the song. I haven't tried in a while, truthfully, yeah. but it was something that evaded me for many, many years. Okay. Um, and, and mostly, I think it was because of the YouTube thing, where you couldn't yeah. find, and for a long time, you couldn't find that Purple Rain performance in indie either, which was really frustrating. The Purple Rain performance in indie at the, at the Super Bowl, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, or no, was that that might have been that was not indie. Miami. Miami. It, it was yeah. indie. It was indie versus yes, yes. yes. Okay, in the rain, the greatest, in the rain, yes. greatest Super Bowl performance of all time. Yes, when he started playing Purple Rain, and it started raining during the song. He controls the weather. That's amazing. <laughs> um, do you have a public story? I don't have a public story. I have a public challenge. So oh. run run the text line one more time. Oh, what a text. 513-401-5463. So I am taking my first trip to Nashville this weekend. And I am not, I'm not necessarily um, very familiar with the South. And the public's like once or twice. Are you driving? I'm driving. Okay, I'm going to give you a shopping list. Okay, yes. So that is kind of what I'm looking for. What are the must-tries at Publix? According Um, to Mary, it's a chicken tender sub, sweet tea, yeah, there's a cookie. There's cookie. There's um, peach pie. I'm told <laughs> peach pie, the best pie I've ever had. Chocolate cake will get you through the security line. Yeah, at the, if you at the need airport. to travel in the airport, there's some spices. You're supposed to walk down the aisles and take pictures. I don't know why. Um, are they cakes wide? Are they yeah, <laughs> well labeled? Yeah. Is that what we're looking for? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. It's like the leisure. Like it's like the um, what do you call it? The carpool lane on the highway. It's just like easy living in the in the public. <laughs> lanes okay so okay. Those, that's your list it's uh sweet tea it's raspberry sweet tea there's some lemonade okay. don't get anything too fancy uh, get some cakes get some cookies get some spices some oh carrots carrots yes if you bring back mary a chicken tender sub she will be your new best friend uh, will it keep i don't know <laughs> i think it's sunday yeah it will yeah but you what did she do she didn't get it toasted i think don't get it toasted no toast so you do have a you do have a public story. Have fun yeah, in Nashville. What are you doing down there? Thank you. Um, spontaneous trip, actually. That's fun. Uh, it's something that my girlfriend and I have been more into recently. We started with New York, and we're just kind of knocking them off the list. Oh, but, that's awesome, right? Yeah. This and this is just a day trip, so we're leaving seven a.m. on Saturday morning, and then just kind of spending the day. 
got a hotel for a night. It's, it's a really cheap, quick turn trip. Oh, Nashville's amazing. You haven't been to Nashville? Nashville's Never an amazing been. city. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just, there's, you'll get there before noon, I'm assuming, with the time change. Yes, yeah, yeah. I would go out at noon, go down Broadway. There will be live music when you walk down Broadway all over the place. And I know you, you're a big music fan. Huge. And so you'll hear live music, incredible music. There's cheap drinks. Um, just entertainment all day long. So you can, I mean, right from the start, it's almost like it's 7 p.m. in a normal city, but 11 a.m. there'll be live music. That's amazing. Good barbecue. Ooh. Hot chicken. I don't, so I don't know that I'm ready for hot chicken. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I've ever had Nashville hot chicken. Okay. I'm Delicious. Delicious. Okay. Okay. Well, let's get to the more traditional peas, which you prepared for. Yes. I, I just do the Prince and Public story. Um, the first one is perform. What's something that people don't know about you? Do you have hidden talent, Adam? So I have a hidden not talent, a hidden talent. Okay. Um, I, I try and keep it. So there, for a long time, there was a stigma about uh, being that guy, right? So uh, have you guys ever being seen that guy? the scene from Animal House where that guy is walking around with the guitar? Yeah. And yes. And then he just grabs it, grabs and it, destroys it. it. Yeah. Yes. I didn't want to be that guy for a long time. So, like for for most people, they don't see me. They don't see me sing. They don't see me yeah. act, perform, play guitar. You like to perform. I love it. I love it. When, yeah, when like, do you do this? I haven't in many many years. Oh my gosh. My, my We're coming full circle now. <laughs> I know. We actually have a, yeah a perform that is actually performing. Yeah. No. It's it was it was. It's something that I've always wanted to get back into. It's really hard to find a band, especially when you're like full time employed. Like I'm, I'm still adjusting to the time. This is like a passion band. of yours. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Like I mean, what are you saying? What do you act? Do you like what's 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 your wheelhouse? What's the genre? The genre. So I grew up with a couple things. My dad was a deadhead, and my mom was a karaoke queen. So uh, I, grew, I had two. There was a lot of there was a lot of mix going on in my my house. So I would hear the Grateful Dead, and I would hear all the classic rock standbys like Zeppelin and yeah. Rush. Um, and then on the other hand, I was growing up listening to Janet Jackson, Whitney Houston, yeah. uh, Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder. So, so pretty diverse. Really? Yeah. yeah. Just kind of all over the place. Um, and then, you know, throughout the years, I was, I remember at 12 years old, um, I used to fight one of my friends on the phone. We would call each other for like an hour every day. Right. And back when we had the time to do that. Um, and we would fight and I would say, rap is crap. You can't spell crap without rap. Yeah. Like, and he would be like, yeah, well, classic rock's terrible and everybody like rush sucks, dude. Yeah. Like, Hey, sissy boy, Def Leppard sucks. Yeah. Like, so that was, that was the crusade. And I ended up mellowing out a little bit. And I remember my freshman year of college is when it really struck. Cause my freshman year of college, I, all I listened to was Channel Orange by Frank Ocean. I don't know if you guys have ever listened to that record. No. It's incredible. Check it out. Okay. And then the year afterwards, um, I think To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar came out. And that okay. was another incredible. That's so crazy, your diversity of music. By, by the way, I sit next to Adam in the office, and I'll ask him random music questions all the time because I, I'm like a generation older than him. And um, so my music tastes are a little bit different than his. But he could go really deep. Like, in, I can ask him about Johnny Cash. We can go back to the Beatles. We can go back to some really old school. Like, what, what did you call the song we heard the other day? It was a folky. Oh, Cheeky. Cheeky. It was a Cheeky Americana. Cheeky Americana was a cool song we heard the other day. I'm trademarking that as a brand name. <laughs> 
we can, I can count on you to have like some sort of opinion, a, a, a good, strong, interesting opinion on about any song that we put on the air. Well, I just love it. It just there's something about music that brings me such joy, and it allows me to express myself in a way that's just really special. So, yeah. well, let's let's go to the next P then because it's about music. Uh, what are the last three songs, artists, playlists that you listen to, or you're really kind of passionate about? You mentioned a couple. Not in the office. Not in the office. Yes. Yeah. So, um, Charlie XCX's new album has oh. a really really good song. It's called. Gone, I think, is the name of it. It's okay. so Charlie XCX and Christine and the Queens. Really, really good. Not super safe for work. The album cover is really not even safe for work. Okay. Um, other than that, let's see. Uh, the new King Princess record, Cheap Queen, is something that I've been playing a bunch. Never heard of it. Really, really good. Um, I think she was on... Saturday Night Live. She was, uh, yeah. What, like two months back? Something it like that? A, yeah, it was like two months it was, back. It was, it was before Christmas. It was, okay. I think it was before Thanksgiving. It was, it right, it was right around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Really good. <laughs> she just came through, I think, Columbus. And I missed the oh, show okay. and I was a little beat up about it. And then I've just kind of been going back to my roots a little bit. Um, this is an album that I come back to over and over and over again. And I actually just saw a like a mini doc from Questlove about oh. D'Angelo's Voodoo. Um, really? love that album it's just one of the i think it's the epitome of r&b i really think it's probably in the top three r&b albums well, let's play some of that to close out the day absolutely like uh that sounds good yeah no absolutely um what was i gonna say what's the what's the send it on send it on's got one of the best bass lines i've ever heard awesome it swings really really hard do you play anything yeah, yeah. So I play guitar, um, and I play a little bass, a little singing, and then I really, really, really lightly dabble in like piano and drums. Like, That's awesome. Yeah, I played marching band. Like that was my advice to you as a grown adult would be try to find time to do all this. If you love it, mm-hmm. if that's where your passion is, I would I would try to find a place to do it. That sounds like something you should be doing in your spare time, right? Even though with the hour drive, it's probably challenging. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. I would agree as someone who has zero musical talent, <laughs> wishes, wishes they did, yeah. I would harvest that. I have a buddy who for like 15 years was played guitar growing up, gave it up for 15 years, has gotten back into it, and now he yeah. plays shows two or three times a week. You're talking local bars, things like that. Mm-hmm. And my dad still does things like that. So, you know, jam out of home a little bit. Well, we, yeah, we absolutely do. And there's a, there's really no better way to, I think, bond for me and my dad than to play. Yeah. He's a keyboard player. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. You can can compliment each other. Oh, absolutely. Cool. Awesome. Um, Pudency is the next one that I have written on my sheet. Pudency? Pudency. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's prudency, but what was your most embarrassing moment at? Do you have a story here? So, <laughs> poo, poo, is it pudency? Is that a plan of words? I don't know. Do we skip this one? No, no, no. no. We'll roll with it. We'll roll with it. Um, Producer Brian's had a lot of this plate. I'm not going to be my hard time. <laughs> he does. This is like our third, pa- fourth podcast in a week. Yeah, we've done a webinar. We've done a ton. I'm not going to get upset over Putin's. It's, I, I could have read it differently. It's on me. This is late Thursday afternoon, and you and I have spent more time right. together this week than we probably have in the right. previous three weeks combined. Right. Yeah, we're about done with each other. Well, um, I'll give you prudency. I'll give you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
my uh, most embarrassing moment. I guess I'll go ahead and I'll keep it in the uh, I'll keep it in the context of performance. So um, back when I was in high school, there was we did a talent show, and I didn't know how to sing yet. So I would strain really hard. Yeah, I would like it was all okay. You see veins popping out of my neck, like really getting into it. Um, and I remember the last song we did for our set was. Uh, Undone, the sweater song. Okay, Weezer, cool. Um, which is a great song. Yeah. I started monologuing at the beginning, which was really cringy. How old were you again? I was like 14 or 15 years okay. old. I was I, I love to hear myself talk, right? So I started monologuing at the beginning, and I was like, man, this is really great. This is extra folksy. And then I listened to it afterwards, and I was like, God, what a douche. Like, I sounded so dumb. Um, so... At the end of the song, um, Rivers, Rivers Cuomo in, in the actual song progressively gets a little louder, a little raspier, right? Okay. And I started yelling. And all of a sudden, um, about halfway through the final verse, I my voice cracked. Like, I was like, ah! Oh, and okay. then Brady Bunch-ish. Was it Peter that was going through puberty on Brady Bunch? This is way, way, this is 40 years ago. Do you remember that episode? I'm not that old. Brady Bunch was in syndication for a long time. It's like Leave it a Beaver. You didn't have to be around in the 50s to watch Leave it a Beaver. It's like Hee Haw. I'm telling really you. Old. And Adam and I are giving each other's looks for the listeners. What is he talking about? It's like different strokes. Um, Seinfeld. Okay, there, there we go. Okay, we're getting closer. Yeah. Yeah. Seinfeld ended when? In, in 98? This tour 20 years ago. And there's lots of anyway. I'm sorry for hogging here. No, no, you're fine. He's been <laughs> on a hee-haw moment. kick all week. He's not. I've never seen hee-haw. I've never even heard of hee-haw. <laughs> hee-haw. I'm pretty brilliant. sure it's in black and white. Yeah, right, oh, exactly. It's not in black and oh, white. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Sorry, one of the first color shows. It's in Technicolor, is that right? <laughs> is it real life color? Is it the 70s and 80s? It's in color then. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> Oh, man. If you have thoughts on this, call or text us at 513-401-5463 and telecast.emi-rs.com. Um, continue your story. So you lost your voice, you're singing, you're 14 at a critical moment of the song. At a critical moment of the song, I lost my voice and into the mic instead of continuing, instead of in obeying the old adage, yeah. uh, the show must go on. Oh, no. I yell... Oh crap! Into the mic. It was my it was my Ashley Simpson moment. Have yeah. you guys seen where she yeah. has the little dance? Like, yeah, no, it was my Ashley Simpson moment, and I just like had to talk the la- the rest of the song. I couldn't do it. I physically had lost whatever was left of my voice. Wow, it was tough. That sounds pretty embarrassing. It was awful. The whole so the song is. I still can't listen to it. I cannot. Listen oh my to gosh, song. you can't listen to the song. No, it just makes me. It makes me want to die. <laughs> it's the worst therapy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, move on to the last P. And this one this just says, play, yes. gaming talk. So as, <laughs> as a market researcher, we're, gonna be, we're either going to be here for another 30 minutes or you guys can cut me off in 10. Oh, my gosh. But <laughs> for me as a market researcher, my passion has always been figuring out why game developers can't ever seem to get it right. So and Before <laughs> you dig in, they, everyone should know that you are a gamer. Avid, yes. Yes. <laughs> what kind of games do you play? So I don't even know what questions ask here. Like what? What system? 
What type of games? Console. Yeah, yeah what console? I feel like system. I feel like gaming is almost transcended system at this point. Okay. So it's almost ubiquitous, like across okay. like PC and console. And I own pretty much everything. I have a PS4. I do own everything: Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and a PC. So, ooh, excuse me. Um, but for me, what what keeps happening is I'm I'm dialed into different subreddits, right? I'm dialed yeah. into to different communities across Reddit. Yeah. And without fail, the one thing that links all of these communities is their complete and utter frustration with some of the some of the balance changes that are happening with their games, some of the release choices. And when I first got to EMI, one of the first I was super excited to prospect. So one of the first things I did was I asked one of our senior. <laughs> Take your notes. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Uh, so, so if you guys, you can't see, right? So um, Brian's over here writing, writing notes about my vernacular and lack of knowledge on the subject. Of course, I, so I lack of knowledge. To them. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. What so, are balance changes? What are release choices? I don't know what this is. So in the world of in the world of modern gaming, right? After a game is out you can now make revisions to it um, with with different things. So if a character is too strong, you can make him weaker. If okay. a character is too weak, you can make them stronger. Okay. You can add new maps, new any basically anything you want, right? Like new this is Pac-Man? This is <laughs> Yes, Mark, I, I'm sure you could <laughs> I'm sure that if you could go back yeah. back then they would have said and you guys would have said, Pac-Man's too hard. Right. They would have released a balance patch that's, okay. that got made it. it a little easier, right? right. Okay, like, got it. Yeah. Think of like Zombie apps Kong. getting updated like that. Yeah. Yeah. This is what gaming can do now. Okay. Prior to when I was growing up, you went out, stood in line when the game got released. You got the disc. That's what it is. If they had an issue, I think back to the original Halo when the pistol was the best that's weapon. Gone, yeah. And they that's fixed that, that in follow-ups because it was so, okay. way too powerful than anything it should have been. Oh, that sounds like a good um, improvement to gaming, right? It is. It increases the longevity and the fairness to games, probably, right? Absolutely. And there are games, so there's a very popular game. uh, There was was actually a question this morning. Did you hear where uh, Kathleen asked, what is Twitch? Yes, in so, a company meeting. Yes, in, a, in the company meeting, when she asked, what is Twitch? Just, just, that's how Gen Z apparently wants to communicate with people. I don't know how. Twitch. We, <laughs> you can't, I guess you Did really you Twitch someone. So no, you don't. So Twitch, the way it works is there's like a live chat room. So somebody's playing, oh, yeah, yeah. there's a live chat room. Right? Yes, I know Twitch. So you can, right. My son and, uses that, yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and there are several of them on there that make millions and millions of dollars yes. to stream on there. Sure. And they get sponsors, and there's yeah. been uproar of some leaving and yeah and honestly good on microsoft for at least trying their hand at buying some people out so that was that was a really cool moment in uh in streaming competition because twitch kind of had a monopoly and they were you know they were kind of yeah. goofing up but anyway that was a that was a long side road yes what were we talking about <laughs> just your passion on gaming. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, oh, and market research. Okay, and market research. Yeah, yes. your frustration around developers. Right. So and the balance changes and release choices. Ooh, he's <laughs> learning fast. No, I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, when I first got to EMI, I was like, I got to go after some of these gaming companies. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one of our senior colleagues, Andrew, yeah. said to me. Bad idea. And I said, Andrew, why? Yeah. Um, and he said, 
and it makes sense, that they collect a lot of the user data uh, in-game, right? Yes. So there's not a ton of need because their captive audience it doesn't need to be taking surveys, right? They're already yeah. in the game, and it'd be harder to target them from an online sample standpoint than yeah. it would be to just have them. Now, some of them do. There's a company called Theorem Reach. There's Riot Games. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you can, they are connected to some of the APIs and programmatic networks. So they do take surveys to, I'm assuming, advance in games. Absolutely. So they're out there. So, and in that sense, it just boggles my mind that in, in the current, in, I'll wrap up the conversation on this. Yeah. In the current community that I'm in, there is the fighting game community. So I play things like Street Fighter and World yeah. Combat, and there's been an influx of games that are being developed right now where there is a, there's a superior version of netcode, right? So netcode is basically just how well your game plays with somebody else online. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah. Like, yeah. so games with crappy netcode, it'll be laggy, choppy online, and games with better netcode, it'll yeah. be great, smooth as butter. It'll be like right, they're, they're right next to you, right? Yeah. So over the past couple of months, there's been a, there's been an uproar because these companies will repeatedly go back to the antiquated, crappy version of Netcode. Yeah. And what boggles my mind is that we have the data. We have the frustration. <laughs> like, yeah. So where where is the implementation of these things? Yeah. Right? And it's like, where, where can I, in the future of my career, yeah. how can I use my market research knowledge and expertise? Uh -huh. To help further the user experience yeah. of the gaming industry. Interesting. Like that that is my end game, my end game want and I think you can figure this out. Absolutely. I'm yeah. so excited. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good like long-term goal, right? Or yeah. long-term goal. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I'm sure we could talk about gaming forever. We absolutely could. I, or I could, and you could listen with a confused look on your face. Yeah, I think we I think we should um, have you back. On the episode, so let's get some let's get some feedback from our listeners. Yeah, if you have gaming comments, thoughts on Adam, good or bad, send them to our five one three number or email us or tweet us. Um, that would be really interesting. I think you've added a lot to the office. Obviously, a pretty interesting, nice, very smart guy. So thank, thank you for joining today. Absolutely appreciate it. And a um, couple of quick things before we end. Um, we know Jason Enderhees is going to New York for Corpse Brooklyn. That's March 3rd or 4th. Are we sending someone to Chicago? Yes, not? Tony Brown will be in Chicago for Ooh. Quirks Chicago okay. coming at the beginning of April. So we're going to uh, the Quirks London just ended. We're going to the next couple of Quirks. It's really the heart of conference season because right on the heels of that, we have IEX and a bunch of people go to that. Um, but yeah, if you have any feedback for us or Adam, Intelecast at EMI-NRS.com, EMI underscore research on Twitter, Intelecast1 on Twitter, um, and Stay tuned. There'll be a couple of interviews after this. Ted Pulsifer of Market Cube and Carlos Dreyfus of the Vetri Foundation. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thank you. Joining me now is Ted Pulsifer, the Chief Revenue Officer of Market Cube. And um, I know you're a veteran of SampleCon. You've been here at least once or twice. How many times have you been here? Oh, my gosh. Well, I, uh, I make it a uh, clean sweep. I've been at every single one. So dating oh my back. Gosh. Yeah. So dating back to SampleCon 1, which. Um, was in New Orleans and we were, you know, putting it together, um, even, you know, throughout different ideas. And I was foolish enough to say, hey, I could uh, lead everybody through a wine tasting. But uh, that idea stuck and that was a fun uh, memory for me. So maybe uh, SampleCon 20 will uh, drink lots of champagne. And this was the good old days. Well, maybe not the good old days, but it was, it was summer, the original SampleCon. Yes. The summer in New Orleans 
which was kind of crazy, right? Yeah. I remember our, our old mutual friend, Aaron Walton from yep. Cincinnati was, um, right. I asked if he went swimming, he was sweating through his shirt. So, yeah. mo- so now everybody knows what May and June are like in uh, New Orleans. So. Yep. Um, so we spoke the other day, I know you're passionate about employee engagement and you did something really unique at, at Market Cube and I, I wanted to bring you on to tell this story. So I know you're passionate about employee engagement. So yeah, just the mic's yours. Just sure. What did you guys do? Yeah, thanks so much. So I think with everything, it's definitely a team effort. You know, you can't have one person at the top saying, I care about employees. You know, it's really uh, kind of a grassroots movement. And then I'd also would say that within different organizations, it requires absolute unity among the owners and managers. Um, so in our case, um, it was uh, November 2018. I was over in Delhi meeting with my two business partners, Adi and Deepak. We were talking about, you know, the strong year that we were closing up in 2018 and then forecasting our 2019. And our numbers sort of showed us a certain projection. And then we thought, let's stretch that. And if we stretch it, it'll feel this amazing sense of accomplishment. Um, But then the flip side of that was, well, if we stretch it, you know, the people that we know that we'll need to accomplish this, what will it take for them? And so we were sitting there talking late into the night, realizing this means a lot of weekends, a lot of nights, a lot of, that's not my job, tearing up that sort of mindset of my job is this, right? And saying, what can I do to help the business? So what we came up with was... um, this idea that is somewhat grand, but also really unique um, and pretty special to our office in Delhi, where um, we wanted to reward our top employee, uh, top twenty employees with the car of their choice. And yeah, go ahead. A, a car, a car, a brand okay. new car, right? So, right. <laughs> so um, for a couple of reasons. One is that um, you know, obviously, anybody would be thrilled with that. Um, type of uh, gesture, but also uh, just what it represents. Uh, It represents independence and it represents something that you earned. Um, So then we kind of went out and uh, thought about making sure that this was representative of all our departments. Um, So, you know, we have folks that work incredibly hard that are largely behind the scenes to our clients, folks that do things like invoicing, uh, technology, operations, project management, even people on our pricing desk. Um, So it was a pretty phenomenal event. So we had a... uh, uh, an employee day, an employee appreciation day. It was um, about three weeks ago. We flew over to Delhi, and uh, it was it was pretty wonderful. We turned it into quite a show. And um, the way it it worked, kind of mathematically, with our company was just about one in five people were winners. So, so you gave away twenty cars a few weeks ago. We gave away twenty cars. <laughs> I, I won't say I. I'll say we. And yeah. I was very proud to be on you, that team. Yeah. No, that's that's amazing. And is there a video of this? Is there pictures? Is yeah, there a- so we're kind of carefully cascading stuff out on our LinkedIn feed. Um, I believe it's on Market Cube, um, on our Twitter and um, Instagram, which are available on our home site, um, market-cube.com. Okay. And uh, then we're going to also be doing some storytelling with that. They're releasing some videos. Um, oh, awesome. So, yeah, just stay tuned and uh, yeah. it was fun. No, that's really cool. And I think that that kind of lifts our industry and it challenges other companies um, you know, we're a small industry, yeah, right? right? You would challenge them to improve engagement. And um, I think that's great that you guys did that. It's awesome. Yeah, though some of that for sure. But I think really this was 100% internal of what we wanted to do to yeah. help our people. And um, if, if anything was a splash, it's showing off um, how proud we are of all of our team, every person across our team around the world. Um, that helps us be successful. So that was uh, that was fun. Now the only sort of small thing I would complain is the the salesman and me. I really wish that it was me personally that got to walk into the dealership and say, "Give me Buy a deal. What if I buy five? Yeah, how about twenty? Um, but right. um, but I, I missed that part. But uh, yeah. it was still a, a pretty amazing day for us. So no, that's really cool. And thanks for sharing. And um, hey, check out their Twitter. Go to marketcube.com and you can find out a lot more. 
Thanks, Brian. All right, thanks. Joining me now is Carlos Dreyfus. He's the director of marketing for Vetri Foundation. Carlos, thanks for joining, man. Hey, Brian. Thank you for having us on the on the podcast. We're actually excited. Yeah, awesome. So we're sitting here at SampleCon. We the very first day we just saw Lucid speak. They're the Lucid State, and you were brought on stage. And I'm maybe tell me about your company and what you do and why you're on stage. Yeah, that that whole stage thing was completely off guard. Right. Uh, so I, all right. So they just pulled us on there because we are. The first round of their Lucid Partner Program, we're part of that. Uh, and what we are, we're a not-for-profit foundation uh, called the Vetri Foundation. And what we do is we allow users to, um, the whole idea when we started, it was we allow users to aggregate their data onto a decentralized application. Okay. And with this data, then they're able to, uh, to try to sell it. Uh, and what we noticed so throughout the whole process of developing this, uh, we had the idea that users could develop, the, could upload their data, for example, Facebook uh, information, their uh, their likes, their mobile device uh, information, and market research would want to buy it. But then we later discovered that this data can actually be used for targeting. Uh, and then that's what now it evolved to. Instead of selling the data in itself, it's still possible because we have a platform already in place that allows uh, market researchers, whoever wants to do research and collect data itself, can able to do it. But then we're also using it for targeting for any kind of API integration. So that's kind of what we're doing with Lucid right now. So, so what kind of targeting can you do? Is this like demographic variables? All of, all of it, all of it. So uh, for example, if there is a, uh, like a, we call it about me information. This is information uh, that, you, okay. that you do kind of similar to... Um, uh, predefined surveys that you take, right. and then you aggregate this uh, this profile of yourself into the application. Okay. And that's just one point. We hoped in the future that once you're able to integrate, for example, Facebook information, that you can actually use targeting data on this. So, you know, if somebody says, I'm a fan of a specific team or a product, but you can actually prove it because now you can actually target them on the Facebook, uh, based on their Facebook uh, interactions. Okay. That's what we have in the future. But right now we're using the About Me uh, data information where you actually aggregate it yourself. Well, that's, that's really cool. And you, know, you mentioned before we, we started talking that you're not a market researcher. You're a tech company, right? Yeah, yeah. We're a tech company. <laughs> so we're uh, actually, we work uh, in, blockchain, in the blockchain sphere. Okay. Uh, blockchain and mobile, so uh, we're uh, mobile in the mobile device, mobile applications sphere, and all these things. Uh, we work specifically with the Ethereum protocol. So okay. our application uses blo blockchain, technolo blockchain technology uh, for three various reasons. One is the, uh, the transfer of value. Uh, we run the application using the VLD token, and this allows for easy transfer of, of value, which is, uh, for example, if a researcher has a question and then they pay out to the user, the user can actually take these tokens and exchange for gift cards or hold them okay. in the future, hopefully, hopefully, uh, be able to exchange for uh, for currencies, for example, other uh, other cryptocurrencies or fiat, uh, like the dollar, the euro, whatever it might be. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I've been in marketing research for over 20 years, and I've noticed in the past couple of years people like you and companies like Vetri really coming in and really supporting marketing research and bringing much more tech into it. So I'm super excited to have you guys like try to get involved in this partner program with Lucid and hope. Uh, elsewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. This is for right now. Or, uh, we're starting to expand other partnerships there, okay. but it's only this is just the first use case. Yeah, uh, yeah. So this is it the low hanging fruit that we found right. that based on the user's data we can oh so market research happens to be the easiest uh, or the low hanging fruit that we can attack. In the future, we're looking at uh, other more creative ways of using this data. Imagine uh, or the the rewards mechanism. Uh, right. One way is to actually have users with the mobile device not only do market research but help train AI. Right. Or do marketing activities. I may imagine that you have a, a studio that's releasing a new film, and you can actually they can actually target individuals with the film based on the data, 
and with this data, they can uh, get rewarded for watching the uh, trailer. On top of that, you can actually ask questions on top of the, to the user and get more information on what the user just seen. Do okay. they like the trailer? What they don't like about the trailer? What did they feel about the movie? And maybe they can align the targeting uh, in the market research, then help them with the targeting on the marketing side so they can actually save money on, this, on the marketing uh, efforts. Yeah, that, no, that's awesome, man. Thanks for, thanks for sharing. And by the way, I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile where we're sitting, and I see University of North Florida, and I say Prague. So, yeah, are you, yeah. Are you headquartered in Prague? <laughs> so, we're head, <laughs> so we're headquartered in Zurich. Uh, okay. I live in Prague and we're from Prague, but the team oh, is wow. completely everywhere right now. Yeah. So yeah. we have uh, our dev team is in Prague, in Zurich. Yeah. Uh, was in Russia, but luckily our developer, or not luckily, but our developer moved from yeah. Russia now to Barcelona. And then we have a new um, a new member that's coming on board that's going to be located. Uh, she's 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 a digital nomad. So okay. I, I yeah. think she was in California last week. I think today she's finally back in Prague, but I think they might be going to India next week. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, and she's going to help us with uh, help us um, with the charitable program of uh, Vetri Foundation. Also awesome. I have been to Zurich. I found Zurich to be a little boring for my taste. I've also been to Prague. Now I really liked Prague, but I felt like I and maybe you can help me here. I think I came about 20 years too late. Because I felt, this is about 10 years ago, and I felt like it was just so touristy, just like glass shops, right, everywhere. I don't remember all the shops, but it's a beautiful town, just kind of so much tourist. Is that right? I mean, that's, that's the thing with every major capital now. Yeah. They all became so touristy because now transportation and, you know, so easy. Yeah, so my yeah. recommendation is if you come to Prague, see the touristy stuff for yeah. like a half a day, a day. Right. But then explore the other areas, which are really cool. For me, I, my favorite area is Prague 7. It's an area near Prague. It's like the, the Brooklyn of Prague. <laughs> That's where all the hipsters are at. Cafes. That, that, that makes sense. And then, you know, it's, it's Czech Republic's famous for their beer. Yeah, now yeah. add another layer. Now you got hipsters making Czech beer, <laughs> which is very interesting. You have microbreweries all over the place. Perfect. Well, I, I, I love Prague so much that I tried to find the, what's the Prague of like 2030? And so I think it's in Eastern Europe, like the former Russia Republics. That's where the... You probably travel more. Well, than yeah, I. no. May, uh, the thing is, twenty thirty was before the war, so yeah. So Prague would be more like Paris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Carlos, I really appreciate you joining. Um, how can people reach you or, or reach the best? Uh, just go on uh, LinkedIn. You can find me under Carlos Dreyfus. Uh, okay. Also, the, you can also contact us on www.www.vetri.global. Uh, okay. Uh, we have contact there and. Uh, I think that's the only way right now. All right. <laughs> on Twitter, we're there. On uh, we're just—it's so new for us to do this whole marketing aspect because yeah. we've been kind of laying low, kind of doing uh, this whole kind of playing under the under the radar until just now. Yeah. So that we haven't really put more—you know—our efforts been on the technology, on the right. business side, on the partner side, and now the right. marketing side is like, oh, okay, now we got to catch up. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, hopefully, people will reach out to you, and I really appreciate you joining. Thank you. Oh, thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.